Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we are going to have a guest on that we've had on before, talking about a really interesting thing called the replacement children. But I'm calling this show today Life, Death, and the Family Structure, because death can change the family structure, and birth of new children is certainly one way to do it. So let's talk about that today. Heidi, you want to introduce our guest? Absolutely. And I think that death does change the family structure, right? And bringing in new people changes it as well, like you said, mom. So we are going to talk with a guest today that we've had on our show. Her name is Rita Batat. She is a life coach and the author of the book, Replacement Children, The Unconscious Script, where she interviewed hundreds of people. And she is the founder of the Online Replacement Child Forum. So welcome to our show, Rita. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I just so want to say I'm the co-founder of, there's, two, there's three of us. Oh, there's of three of you. Right, right. Right. Okay. So tell us what you write, all three of the people that do the Replacement Child Forum have written books on replacement children. Can you explain what a replacement child is? Sure. Well, first of all, the three of us that got together to form this group were all replacement children, that mm -hmm. we were all born after the death of another child. And we all thought we were kind of alone. We found that a lot of the things that we were going through, you know, we just thought growing up like that, it was just you know, you don't know what's going on, but you feel that you're different. Mm -hmm. And so we all wrote separately books and we kind of came together after those books were written. Um, I just want to clarify the word replacement child is off putting. It's really a condition. And the reason we use it is because this was a psychiatric term that was brought into existence in the 1960s by two therapists. Oh, wow. And these two therapists were kind of bringing, they brought together six families and the families each had a child who was born after the death of another child. And they wanted to see if the problems they were having were because of the situation. So it was really the first time that this kind of thing was focused on. But I also want to make it clear that when we say replacement child, everybody that is born after the death of another child is not a replacement child. And this is very important because a replacement child is something that happens within. It's a feeling within. It's something that changes the structure of the individual. It's not where, how, when they were born. Um, if a family can mourn a child who died and that that child will never be forgotten that child will always have its place and then bring in another child and really see it as the unique individual it is and that it's not a filler okay, okay. it's really its own person that child is not a replacement child with your own story 
I'm, it's making me think about your own story. Did your parents treat you differently because you were the replacement child or no? Well, well, my father then died when I was 18 months old. So my mother had kind of a double whammy. And she was always, yeah, it was always my brother was like elevated to sainthood. Mm, you know, okay. He always made the good grades. He always, you know, never backtalked. He never this, he never that, you know. So he never became a real person to me. And actually, when I was a little bit older, like in elementary school, I sort of resented him because mm. how do you compete with a ghost? You know, he wasn't a real person. And then my mother had sort of double signals too. It would be like um, in front of somebody, I was the perfect girl, but otherwise, no, you know, I, I didn't do this right, I didn't do that right. And it was in comparison. So you what know, she say to you, what was your brother's name? Bobby. Which she said, Bobby got really good grades and you're not getting the grades Bobby got. Would she say right. things like that? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. So she, or she would say, you know, when she said, and my mother was really a good mom. I mean, she really yeah. was. I could see now where, you know, she was really in mourning the whole time, yeah. did not have any help. But, you know, uh, she would say, you know, things like, what are you, stupid? You know, your brother, da, da, da. So okay. one day she said, you know, well, I forgot what it was that I was doing. I said, no, I can't do that because I'm stupid. And she said, you're not stupid. Well, who told you you're stupid? <laughs> you, you did. You know, yeah. she really did not mean it. And so she never did that again. But that was, you know, what's going through my head was right. like, I have this person I can't see that's mm -hmm. always there that's driving me a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so your family structure is, I think it's a good case in point. Those people are still with us, even though they're sometimes not considered in that family structure and how how the family operates. Parents go, that's not my replacement child. They don't realize what, what it is, okay, or why we're using that because it's a psychiatric term. But adult replacement children go, oh my God, that's me. You know, I always felt like the replacement for my sister. I always felt the replacement. So, you know, it's a matter of semantics. I mean, I would never have called it replacement child because it's off-putting. And, you know, we have to keep explaining that, no, not every child born after another child is a replacement but, child. But it feels to me like in this situation, if a person can see how they were fitting into the family that way and give it a label themselves, not have okay. somebody else label them that way, but say, have some, you know, find it in their own heart and say, like you say, wow, now I understand. Then you can, you got something to work with. It's kind of a, understanding the family yeah. structure a little you know we've gotten a lot of um so many letters saying i feel like i have a community that other people understand mm -hmm. that this was so hard to you know it's not like people with one arm you know it's like something that is so psychological and when they right. start to realize they go i can relate to this and i'm glad other people will understand that even if the circumstances were very different there's so many similarities yeah, and I was wondering, did it change your relationship with Bobby? Mm. Yes, actually, I started to really start to, it's a really, you know, my mother had passed away when I wrote the book and everything, and I really had a better understanding of what was happening, and I was able to see Bobby as kind of a person, not just this, you know, invisible person that was always pitted against me. Right. And, and like you said, it was perfect and never did anything wrong because he was not here. Yeah, you can't compete with somebody who's no. not. It's very no. difficult, let me tell you.
-hmm. And we had so many stories like that. Mm -hmm. So how and does all of them say it's changed them too and their relationship with how they think about their parents, um, you know, how even how they think about the next child they have. It, it would make me think that it might give you an opportunity to mourn his loss in your life. Now, I you haven't felt like that, you know, I really have not felt I needed to mourn him. I feel like I needed to just get to know him as a, a yeah, human and celebrate being. him. Right, right. I guess there's enough mourning going on with the being replaced him with the family. Members. He was always yeah. lost. You know, he wasn't somebody, it was more like kind of as a little kid, you mourn what you're not getting because somebody else is taking it from you. Right. You know? Right. Did, did, did it impact your relationships with your parents, with people, your part, you know, people that you dated, with your children? I mean, has it impacted? It, it did with my mother you know, because I was like, you know, I was kind of rebellious and because I felt like, you know, she's making me up to be this child and I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't know. Luckily, I had a stepsister that was much older and she was like wonderful. I mean, she really balanced things out for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that, you know, I feel bad that my mother wasn't able to get help, but you just didn't in the 50s, you know, 60s. What strategies do you suggest to people who feel like they're replacement children? What are you seeing and what strategies? Well, first of all, to understand the situation and to really look at it differently, because once you have this label in mind, okay, for, first of all, usually therapists don't go there. They start from, okay, what's happening in your family now? Not what happened in your family before that maybe made your parents different parents to you than they did these other people. Like if they were mourning when you came in and they couldn't connect to you in the way that they did with your other kids, with their, with their other kids, you can kind of start to understand. And when you understand, I think you have sympathy. I think that you know when you can connect to really the root of what's going on and take it from there, it's like having puzzle pieces that you didn't have before. And when you have a new understanding, there's a new empathy and a new sympathy. And then you can decide, like, what in my life have I been doing? I think it, for me, it was being a people pleaser. I kept trying to, you know, be okay in school and be okay at home. I mean, and it, it gives away a piece of yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you see what you're doing and look at it like that, then you have some substance to work on there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have something solid where you didn't have it before. That was like, why are these things happening to me? Well, when you have the root of it, and you go from there, it's a whole other thing. You digest it differently and you react differently. You know what came up for me? I think the, uh, the therapy that could be really beneficial is to have an empty chair, you know, gestalt therapy in the room and Bobby's in it. And you've got, you know, you're talking, what, what would you want to say? Your mother's there, what, you know, kind of just having a conversation about if he was here, what would you want to tell him? What, what do you want your mother to hear right now? You know, that kind of thing. I think so, but I think that when you go back and say what was happening in your family, yeah, were your parents depressed? Why? What mm -hmm. was happening? And yeah. then go to who is this person? Because it was more like what was happening to me, not who he was. Mm -hmm. Right. So only when I could understand that could I understand that. Uh, okay, he was a real person because he was never a real person. Somebody who's like perfect, perfect, perfect all the time. Right. You know, it's oh, not a real person. Yeah. Here's the thing with rainbow children. Rainbow children, that's a child, I would be considered a rainbow child, but also a replacement child. 
if somebody is having another child after a big loss, first of all, they should have therapy because they're going to have anxiety, you know, natural anxiety. But if they have therapy or have somebody who will listen to them or they can get their headset in, this is, it's going to be okay. And this is a different child than the one we lost. Right. Then that's not a replacement child anymore. Thank you for being on our show today. And could you tell people where to get the book? Sure, it's on Amazon. It's also, we have true life stories of growing up in the shadow of a lost or impaired sibling, mm. because this is all part of it also. Yeah. A lot of times something will happen in the family and the child who's in the family um, who has to deal with that with the sibling mm -hmm. suddenly is in the place of being a replacement child that they have to do double duty. Mm, yeah. So uh, it's on Amazon. It's Replacement Children, the Unconscious Script, and it's by me and uh, my co-author, Dr. Abigail Brenner, who's a psychiatrist. It's replacementchildforum.com. Mm -hmm. And we have everything in it, famous stories, famous people's stories that we have in our book too. Um, my book is basically stories, but it's also the best of all the information we have. Good. So people see themselves reflected in the stories. But yeah, Replacement Child Forum is uh, anybody can go in and join and get all kinds of new information. We have new articles every week. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on our show today. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rita. And thank you so much for building awareness for this topic, because I bet there's people out there that see this and say, oh my gosh, now my life makes sense. I was a replacement child and I didn't understand what was going on. We have so many letters like that. I bet. So thank it's you. For so building touching. <laughs> thanks. And thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.